Today we are continuing our series called Hooking Up. And the title of my message today is Finding God's Best. Finding God's Best. I'm sure if you were like me at some point when you were a teenager, or maybe younger, or in college, you talked about the person you thought you would marry and what they look like. And, and I'm sure there were some normal characteristics, but there may be some weird ones. Like I, I had one friend, I don't know what his deal was, but he's like, man, I want to marry a Spanish girl. I want to marry a girl who speaks Spanish. Like, I just love that language. You know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I, I had one friend, he's like, yo, man, the girl I'm married, she got to be able to dance. You know what I mean? Do a little something, a little, you know, she... She got to have some moves, some rhythm. She got a rhythm. I don't, I'm not going to anything to do with her. And I remember for a lot of me and my friends, we're like, man, we need a girl that can cook. You know what I mean? Throw down, make some food. And I got some gentleman over there who's clapping. He's like, praise the Lord. I receive it. And need somebody that can cook. And uh, I know some of you diehard Sooner fans, it's not necessarily what you're looking for. But if you were to meet a girl that's a Longhorns fan, disqualified, not even an option. She could love Jesus and be everything. She loves the Longhorns fan. If she loves Longhorns, there's no way. I don't really know if Longhorn fans can love Jesus, though. You know what I mean? So that's probably a good thing uh, anyway there. But yeah, that stuff guys talk about. You know, I'm not sure what ladies talk about when they're talking about, man, my man needs this. Or, you know, I'm sure one thing, they may be like three letters, J-O-B. You know, they were finishing it off for me. Not just J-O-B, a six figures J-O-B. I, I've heard some ladies mention that and other stuff. Like, there was one girl, like, no joke. She's like, he has to have perfect teeth. You know what I'm I cover my mouth. <laughs> Perfect teeth. I mean, you know, we all have weird stuff like that. My wife, Jamie, we were best friends uh, before we started dating. And I remember one time we were hanging out and, and she made the comment. She's like, there is no way I can marry a man with a hairy chest. That is just gross. Well, let me tell you, what I lack on the top of my head, I'll make up for on my chest. I know, TMI, right? Too much information. I know. I'm just... I'm thankful that was negotiable, you know what I mean? <laughs> Can you remember the first time seeing me at the pool? Ah! <laughs> you know, but uh, I'd be curious to drive for the marrieds if maybe y'all could discuss how close the person you married came close to what you envisioned. But we, we all kind of have that, you know? And if you're in here and you're single and, and, and you're looking for the perfect spouse, l l let me help you out here. They, they don't exist. Nobody's perfect. I mean, except my wife. I love you, babe. No, I'm just playing. Nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? It does not exist. However, God wants to be the driving force in our pursuit of a spouse. God wants what's best for our life. And in the Bible today, we're going to look at a story where God reveals his best for Abraham and Sarah. And we can learn a lot from this text in regarding to a relationship and dating and, and, and finding a spouse. And today I, I will be focusing on singles. However, for you married, stay in tune because the principles I'm talking about, they're applicable to all areas of our life. God wants what's best for your marriage. He wants what's best for you as a parent. He wants what's best for you at your work and in your business. And he wants what's best for every area of your life. And so again, these, these principles, they're applicable to every area of our life. And so again, we're going to look at Abraham and Sarah. And in Genesis 12, God makes a promise to Abraham. He shows him this land. And he says, to your offspring, I'm going to give this land. And so God reveals to Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to bless you with a child. Well, you know, some time goes by. And we see in Genesis 15 that 
Abraham starts questioning God. He's like, okay, we've been trying. We haven't had a child yet. Matter of fact, he says to God, he's like, God, is my servant's son going to be the heir? You know what I mean? Like, is, is that who's going to get the land? Like, what? I, we haven't had a child yet. We don't know what's going on. And God's like, no, 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 no. It's not your servant's son. I promised you a child. And, and, and God reveals a little bit more. You're going to have a boy. You're going to have a son. And so God reveals his best for Abraham and Sarah. Look what happens in Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 4. It says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. God revealed his best. He promised Abraham and Sarah a child. But since they hadn't had a child, they decided to settle for second best. And this is something that can so easily happen to us, that God wants and he knows what's best for us. He promises it to us, but for whatever reason, we choose to take matters into our own hands. We try to force things. We try to do it our way versus God's way. And we settle for second best. And again, this could be in a, we're going to be talking about singles. It could be a relationship, but this could go towards your marriage. It could go towards your business. It could go towards parenting. And it applies to so many different areas. Now let me tell you, this caused trouble for Abraham and Sarah. It became a fight. It became an argument. It led to drama. And so from this story, I want us to learn from their mistakes so that we don't miss out on God's best. And so again, I'm, I'm talking directly to singles, but again, this is applicable to every area of our life. So two reasons we miss out on God's best. Two reasons. The first reason we miss out on God's best is because we doubt God. The first reason we miss out on God's best is because we doubt God. Sarah had all kinds of doubt, and we find this out later on in Scripture. Look at Genesis chapter 18, verse 10 through 12. It says, Then one of them said, a man was talking to Abraham, he said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out, and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And some of y'all can relate to Sarah. You're worn out. Some of, you, some of you literally, you're like, I'm 45, I'm 50, I'm single. There's no hope for me. I'm worn out, I'm tired. Some of you feel like Abraham and Sarah, they've been trying and trying and trying to have a baby and nothing. And you've been trying and trying and trying to find the right man, to find the right woman and nothing. And you're getting frustrated. It's so much work. And, and what happens is we start to doubt. God, God, are you even listening? Are you even here? And we think about taking matters into our own hands. Look at Sarah. She laughed at God. Sarah was like that, that, that lady, Stella, in that movie. She, she lost her groove. You know what I mean? And Abraham had lost his groove too. You know what I mean? I'm worn out. He's old. Like, what's, what's going to happen And she took matters into her own hands. She didn't believe God was going to bless her with a child. She doubted God. And what happens is when we doubt God, we let go of his promise instead of holding on to it for dear life. 
we start doing things our way versus God way. And what happened here is, is Sarah chose her own path. She chose, she chose to go down her path versus God's path. And it led to heartbreak. It led to heartbreak. It led to fights between her and Abraham. They were fighting. She was mad at him. She was bitter at him. She was bitter at Hagar. She's like, Abraham, you need to do something. He's like, I don't know what you want me to do. And he's like, do whatever you want. So she kicked out Hagar, kicked her out of the house, sent her off. I mean, it led to all kinds of heartbreak and drama. And the same will happen to us when we choose our path versus following God's path. And God has a path and a plan. He had a plan and a path for Abraham and Sarah, and he has the same for you and me. Jeremiah 29, 11. The Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. In that future, God wants to reveal his, his future marital status for you. And so I want to challenge you, man. Seek him. Trust him. And everything will fall into place. God must be the driving force in your pursuit of a spouse. Again, he knows the beginning from the end. And what happens is when we take matters into our own hands, and we start doing it the way we think is best, it leads to heartbreak. Or sometimes this happens. I have a close friend, single parent, has made some mistakes. And she doesn't believe she deserves God's best. She believes she needs to settle for sex. She's made so many mistakes that the best she can get is second best. And you know what happens because of this, and she doubts God, that God's not going to bless her, and that he doesn't want what's best for her because of her actions, she continues to get in bad relationships, one after another, over and over again. And all it leads to is more heartbreak, more disappointment, more drama. And can I tell you, that's the furthest thing from the truth. That God not only knows and wants what's best for you, that, again, may, maybe you have straight off or whatever, that he wants to bring you back. That he still has what's, what, what's best for you. You got to trust him. You, you, you got to believe in him. God's the expert. You know what I mean? He's the expert. And so trust him as you're, as you're seeking out that spouse, as you're seeking out who God has for you. All right? And God even gives clarity in his word. He gives instruction on what we should look for. The Bible says we're not to be yoked together with an unbeliever. That simply means if we're going to be in a dating relationship or we're going to look to marry somebody, we want to be on the same spiritual level as them. And so you got to look, man, are they as committed to God? As you are, they, are they as committed to church as you? Not, oh, well, they started coming to church when we started dating. It's not the same. Or I get this, I'll meet people, oh, man, I met this girl, or I met this guy, they're awesome. And they're like, hey, what do you think about them? What do you think? And I, I, I simply ask this question. I say, are they a Christian? Well, they go to church. How many of y'all know some crazy people that go to church? I mean, nobody in here, nobody at people's church, you know what I mean? Not nobody, nobody in this room, but... Just because somebody goes to church does not qualify that you're equally yoked, that you are on the same spiritual level. And so before you date, find out a person's beliefs. Find out their convictions. Find out what they're all about. Look deeper. Trust God. Again, He wants what's best for you. And again, God gives us these scriptures because He wants to protect us. God wants to protect you from heartbreak. He wants to protect you from drama. He knows and wants what is best for you. So trust Him. Lean on Him. You know another thing God instructs us to do to help us find what's best for our life? He tells us to seek out godly counsel. He tells us to seek out godly counsel. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. Without wise leadership, a, a relationship can fall. A relationship can crash. It can lead to heartbreak. But there is safety in having many advisors. God says, get godly counsel. 
Seek out those that love God and are going to protect you. That are going to help you to, to strengthen your faith, to encourage you. Proverbs 19.20 says, get all, not some, not a little bit, get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. It's a huge decision. So we need to seek out godly and, and wise counsel. Man, I'm thankful after I gave my life to Christ and I was looking to date again, date again, I'm thankful, man, I had friends when they noticed all I was seeing was a pretty face. You know how it is. It got all quiet in here. You know how we are? It starts with the looks, you know what I mean? They're like, woo, she looks good. And, and beauty is blind, you know what I mean? You don't notice all the other issues and problems, you know what I mean? They're just like, you're starstruck, like, wow. God knew what he did when he was making you. And, and, and look, here's the deal. Don't get me wrong, okay? Looks matter. I mean, my wife is fine, you know what I mean? Not fine, fine. You know, you got to put a little extra emphasis in it. You know what I mean? Like, woo! That woman gets my blood boiling. You know what I mean? She's beautiful. But she is also beautiful spiritually. She has a beautiful personality. She's got the whole package. And so you, you, you got to look at the whole package. You can't just be blinded by beauty. You got to look at it all. Parents, man, I want to encourage you. Teach this to your kids to trust God as they start to head down this road in dating and relationships. Man, we want to partner with you here. Pastor Brady, myself here at the Oklahoma City campus, man, we want to partner with you. We don't want to see your students head down a road of, 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 of being heartbroken. We want God's best for their life. And so we're here to, to join up with you. Midwest City, Pastor RJ loves your students. He's there to partner with you to, to help your students go down the right path, God's path, trusting in him. So we want to be there to help with godly counsel. Man, students, listen. Listen to the godly counsel in your life to your parents. People that are looking out for your best interest, God's plan for your life. And so again, God gives us godly counsel. He's like, look, I want to protect you. I love you. I don't want you to have to deal with that heartbreak and that drama. I know and I want what's best for you. So trust me. So if you're struggling with doubt, I'd encourage you to erase it. Again, trust God. He knows and wants what's best for you. The second reason we miss out on God's best, the second reason we miss out on God's best is because we get impatient. We get impatient. Sarah got impatient. I mean, you could, that scripture I read earlier, she's frustrated. Well, the Lord obviously don't want me to have any kids. So here, Abraham, take Hagar, take my slave, go sleep with her, have a baby. I mean, she gets impatient. And, and Abraham, he's just as guilty as her. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, cool. He's just as guilty. He should have been like, no, 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 baby. The Lord promised us, no, we, we should not be doing that. He is just as guilty. And here's what happens. When we get impatient, we do crazy things. We take things into our own matter, it, take things into our own hands like Sarah did. Because again, we believe God's taking too long. Like we need to help God out. We know God has more, but we're not content with his timing. I'm going to make this happen. I need to get married. I need to settle down. I need to have babies. I need a man. I need a woman. No, no, no. What you need is Psalm 4610. Be still and know he is God. That's what you need. Trust God. Be patient with God. Be still. Be patient. God's timing is the best timing. God's timing is the best timing. Submit to his timing. And I know what some of you are thinking, right? You're frustrated. You're like, well, look, God's tripping. 
He is taking too long. If you're thinking that, have you ever thought this? Maybe God is still trying to do things in you. Maybe God's still trying to do some things in you. He's trying to mold and shape and, and he's got some more. He's not done with you yet. Before you can think about becoming one with somebody else, before you can think about becoming husband or wife, he's still got some things he's trying to work out in your life. You got to trust his timing. Because again, I've heard people say, if I, just had a, if I just had a good man, things would be better. Man, if I just had a woman in my life, things would be better. When you have Jesus in your life, Things will be better. See, some of you on the back, you missed that. You were checking somebody out. You were like, who is that girl right there? You know, I'm preaching about this, and you're like, I'm getting her number after church. Let me say, no, you don't need a good man. You don't need a good woman. You need Jesus. Jesus will lead you to that godly man, that godly woman. Jesus will lead you to God's best for your life. A good man or woman without Jesus is not God's best. It's not God's best. You're settling for less. Still, you're still going to be discontent. There's still going to be a void. And again, let me say this again. Be, become the best you. Let God prepare you for marriage. God's timing is the best, best timing. And if it hasn't happened yet, start praying. God, what do you want to show? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? I, I've been the best man in three weddings. All Christian couples, friends of mine. All three of those uh, marriages ended in divorce in just after a few years. I know some of you are thinking, man, I'm not asking Pastor Chris to be my best man. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Chris. I don't even, I'm not even inviting you to the wedding. But look, here's the deal. These, these were friends, you know, all joking aside, these were friends of mine, and talking to them, I hear words like this, rush. We rushed. I wish we would have got to know each other better. wish we would have waited. We wish we would have sought out more godly counsel. And I keep hearing that word, wait, and this, man, be patient, be patient, wait on the Lord. And there's different variables why people will rush and, and, and they get impatient. And, you know, for sometimes Christian, you're battling that sex factor. You know what I mean? You just, your, your hormones are just like, ah! You know what I mean? Like, that's what, you're not doing that, but your hormones, they're just going crazy. And you're trying to control it, so we just... We need to get married, right? It's better to get married than burn. So let's just get married. And you're, you're, you're battling that and you're wrestling with that. And, and again, be, look, God wants you to have great sex, okay? He really does. He wants to prepare his best for you. But man, wait on him. Trust him. All right? And in doing that, protect yourself. Man, don't put yourself in situations where your mind is telling you no, but your body is saying yeah. Let me tell you, when you cross that line, you're missing out on God's best. That's not God's best for you. His best for you is to wait and to be patient and, and to trust Him. You'll have your time. But trust Him. Look to Him. There may be some in here that and you're having sex and not married. And you're missing God's best. You're, you're missing God's best. You think things are good. You think things are great. But you can't have God's best violating His word. You can't have God's best disobeying him. And then I want to encourage you today to challenge you to honor him. If you honor God, he'll honor you. 
that I promise you'll make the decision to, to, to be in a relationship that is holy and honors him, that, man, he'll take that relationship to a whole nother level. Do it God's way so that you can experience God's best. You know, March 4th, we're doing these mass weddings. Maybe you want to sign up for that. We've got a counseling class this, this Saturday. It's not too late. Sign up. Just do whatever you have to do to, to get right with God, to honor him, to pray, to seek him out, let him lead you. Again, God's timing is the best timing. Take your time so that till death do you part is till death do you part versus, oh my Lord, what did I get myself into? Be patient. Be patient. There's, a, there's an old saying, God may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. He's always right on time. And again, I know that can be challenging. You're sitting there, man, I'm... 50 years old, what in the world? I've been waiting so long. Keep waiting. He may not come when you want, but he's always right on time. Abraham and Sarah didn't wait. They didn't wait. They got impatient. They did things their way. And again, it led to heartbreak. It led to drama. It led to headaches. It led to dissension. It led to bitterness. I mean, it led them down a very messy road. And God wants to protect you from that. So be patient, wait. Don't miss out on God's best. See, after starting a relationship with God, choosing your spouse is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make in your life. Where two individuals come together to become one, united through Christ. And if you struggle with this, again, I encourage you as well. Get accountability. Get people in your life that'll, that'll, that'll look out for you. That'll be like, oh, oh let's, let's slow this down. Well, let's talk this through. Again, people, godly people, looking out for your best interest. And they, they desire God's best for your life as well. So again, I want to challenge you. Be, be patient. Now the question next is, so, so what if you made the same mistake as Abraham and Sarah? What if you've been doing things your own way? Doubting God? You've been impatient? What does that mean for you? And I want you to know that it's not too late to turn it around. Abraham and Sarah, they doubted God. They got impatient. And they caused some major headaches and heartache for themselves and for others. But God's grace turned it around. By God's grace, they turned it around. Look at Genesis chapter 21, verse 1 through 2. The Bible says, now the Lord was gracious. That's the key there. We serve a gracious God. The Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time, God had promised her. God blessed them with Isaac. He was gracious, and he blessed them. Even though they messed up, he still blessed them. He still wanted what was best for them. And I want you to hear this. Maybe you've messed up. You've made a mistake. You've done your own way. You need to know today that God still has an Isaac for you. God still has a blessing for you. God still knows and wants what's best for your life. And don't you dare believe the lie of the devil to tell you that you're not good enough, that it's too late, that you need to settle. You need to wait for second base. You messed it up. You've blown it. No, 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 no. God's love, grace, forgiveness is here, and today you can turn it around. Today you can make that decision to follow Him. He loves you. He still knows, and He still wants what's best for your life. You've probably gone through some heartache. You've probably gone through some headaches. But it doesn't mean you have to keep going through that. Today you can trust Him, wait on Him. And so I encourage you to do that. There's no condemnation. I don't want you to be like my friend. Well, I've just blown it. Okay, well, get over that and get, and get it back on track. 
God still has an Isaac for you. He still wants what's best for your life. As I wrap up this message, I was just thinking about my own encounter of just being single. And I gave my life to the Lord after I was 18 years old. And prior to that, man, I did a lot of partying and did a lot of stuff I regret with girls. And so after I gave my life to Christ, I made up my mind, I'm not going to date to date. Meaning the next person I date, that's somebody I can potentially marry. I'm looking for my future. I'm looking for my spouse. Okay. And so with that mindset, like I told you, Jamie and I, we, I mean, we were best friends. And it, at first, you know, she was like the little sister. I was big brother. And then Jamie grew up. I was like, <laughs> I'm like well, look, look at here. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we started talking and flirting. And, I, I, man, I was like, man. Saw a lot of attributes in her, her love for God, her personality. I saw a lot of things. I'm like, man, I could see myself spending the rest of my life with her. It's a possibility there. And so I started praying about, man, should I ask her out? And I'm praying about it. I'm feeling good. And I, I sought out godly counsel. Hit up my friends. They're like, oh, man, y'all flirting like crazy. Y'all just need to start dating. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, of course. She's, she's going to tell you. She's going to tell you. Yes, yeah, so I sought out all my godly counsel. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm feeling good. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be awesome. And so, you know, I, I, I ask her out. She turns me down, rejects me. And this is like, this is, this is a travesty to me, okay? Because, look, I had never been rejected before in my life, okay? And not because I'm some Mac Daddy. I just wouldn't ask you out unless I knew you were going to say yes. Somebody had to leak me some information, and if I didn't get it, you weren't going to be asked. And I'd ask people, and I'd ask God, and here I am, and she just rejects me. I mean, swats it. I'm like, and so I am mad. I'm mad at her, I'm mad at God, I'm mad at my friends, I'm in my dorm room, I'm like, man, I can't believe this. And I'm like, you know what, I need to read the Bible. I need to read the Bible before I do something I regret. And so I go and I open up my Bible, and in my devotions I was start getting ready to start in Psalm 21. And I started reading, and I heard verse 2, and, and God spoke to me. I want you to show you this. It says, you have granted him the desire of his heart, and have not withheld the request of his lips. And as soon as I read that, I felt like that was God saying, look, I've heard you. I've heard you. I heard what you said. I, 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 will grant, I will not withhold the request of your lips. And I wrote Jamie's name right next to that verse. Again, it's like 10 minutes after she just rejected me, okay? Wrote down, her, I'm like, all right, Lord, they say stand on your word. You know what I mean? I put the Bible on the ground and I'm like, look, I'm just standing here on it. And I'm not moving. I'm, I was flipping. I didn't do that. But, and, and so then I'm reading, right? And I knew I was going to end in Psalm 27. In the very last verse in Psalm 27, it's verse 14. It says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And I wrote her name down again. It felt like God was just speaking so clear to me. I want what's best for you. I've heard you. Trust me and be patient. Trust me and be patient. And I wish I could tell you, I was this spiritual, godly, mighty man of God. I never looked at another girl, never talked to another girl until she said yes. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. I, talk, I didn't date nobody, but I talked to some girls. And you know what? There was some strife in that next season between me and Jamie. There were some fights. There were some arguments. Our friendship took some hits. And uh, it, it was tough. But you know what? I, I did remember what I'd underlined. It just always came back to me. Every time I thought about dating somebody else, I remember how I'd underlined it and I put in Jamie's name. And man, just believe that was God's promise 
for me. And so even though maybe I kind of dabbled in some stuff, I, I never fully committed and I kept waiting, I kept waiting. And less than a year later, we started talking again and started dating and on, on August 1st. And a year later, we got engaged. Nine months after that, we got married. And this year in May, I mean, we celebrate eight years of, uh, of marriage. And I'm, I'm thankful for the Lord. He knew and wanted what was best. And even though I, I did, I strayed off a little bit. I didn't fully trust God. I got a little impatient and it, it caused some issues. But I'm thankful I was able to come back to that. Come back to his promise and find God's best for his life. And I don't say, look, I, I'm no better than anybody in this room. I, I simply share that story to say, just like God wants what's best for me, he wants what's best for you. And, and again, it's, I know I'm talking about singles and dating and marriage, but really it's every aspect, every aspect of our life. He wants what's best for me and he wants what's best for you. And if you're struggling with that today, I just want to encourage you. Trust God. Trust God. He knows. He wants what's best for you. He has a plan and a purpose. It's not to harm you. It's a hope and a future. Trust God. Be patient. I, I know we, we're impatient creatures. We like our timeline, but hey, God's timing is the best timing. God may not come when you want him to, but he's always right on time. Psalm 4610, be still. Be still. Wait. Again, he, he knows and he wants what's best for your life. So I want to encourage you to trust him and to wait on him.